You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this house. Come on and worship Jesus. Can we just lift our hands and tell him that we love him, that we honor him. Lord, as your ginsel, that the word you've placed in my heart would pierce the heart of every person here tonight. And that we would be changed, not for a service, but for an eternity. Man, there's just an atmosphere of expectation. There's glory in this house. I want to thank Pastor Art and First Lady and the leadership of this house for having me here. It's an honor and a privilege to stand before you tonight. And thank you for allowing me to take your pulpit. It's an honor and a privilege. And I've come from Chicago with a word from the throne room of heaven. And I believe lives are going to be changed tonight. Not because I'm the greatest preacher in the world, but because the master is here. Because I wouldn't walk across the street to hear me preach. But Jesus will be glorified here tonight. The title of my message tonight, you can be seated, bro. You guys can take a break. I'm going to use you in just a little bit. You'll be tired later. Last time I saw them was at praise. We have to go after God. Listen, my message is simple. It's just Jesus. Preaching Jesus is the perfect theology. I've heard many messages on faith and healing, but I never hear the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm from Chicago. We have the best pizza this side of heaven. So if I tell you about our deep dish pizza that's that thick, that has cheese that will clog every artery in your body, and has a buttery crust on the bottom, I just felt the Holy Ghost right there. The shandalabos. But, and if I tell you where you can get this pizza, and I can tell you about all the goodness, but I never give you the name of the pizza joint, you'll never know where it's at. If you hear someone preach a message and you never hear Jesus, they're not pointing you in the right place. Because when we preach Jesus, we find everything we need in him. Y'all don't hear me tonight. I'm going to need, most of us are Latino, right? Because I know we're loud. Some of you are rooting for the Vegas Knights, right, during the playoffs. And I know you guys are, I've adopted them as my playoff team. And most of you used to be loud on a Saturday night doing something else. But it's time we get loud for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Because the Bible says what? Clap your hands, O ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. But we have to go after God. When we encounter Jesus, he begins to reveal himself to us. We begin to know him as the person of Jesus. Not some religious icon, but a living person. There are many religions that have a God. Some religions have more than one God. But there's only one who's still alive and well and seated at the right hand of the Father. Because Muhammad is still dead. All the Hindu gods are still dead. But there's only one, and his name is Jesus. When we encounter Jesus, things begin to happen in our life. He begins to set our path in a different direction. He begins to show us our destiny. Listen, I grow, I've been in church my entire life. I'll be 40 years old next month. I know, I look young because it's the anointing. I always tell my wife, you're blessed. I'm handsome and anointed. You are living in the overflow. <laughs> She's not here, so don't, don't be posting that on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> but see, when we meet the person of Jesus and not have some religious experience, it changes us for an eternity. See, because many people come to church because that's what we've been taught to do on Sunday or our midweek service and go through the motions of being in church. See, at 13, I had an encounter with Jesus. On November 2nd, 1991, I came up to the altar and gave my heart to Jesus. See, I knew the Christmas story. I knew the Easter Sunday morning sermon. I even knew the presence of God. There are ministers on both sides of my family. This is where I come from. But it wasn't until I encountered him on my own. See, when you're, you can be in church long enough to know when church is almost over. See, when I got saved, there was doing a three-day revival. And on that Saturday night, and because I grew up in Mexican churches and multicultural churches, during revival, there was food downstairs somewhere. All the mothers of the church had cooked at home and brought food. So when you can sense that church was almost over. As a 13-year-old boy, I'm sitting in this pew. The power of God is moving. And I see people kneeling at an altar. And there's a spot right here with nobody there. And my eyes got fixed on that spot. And for the very first time, I audibly heard the voice of God say, no one else will go there. It's yours. I turned around to see if somebody had whispered in my ear, and there was no one behind me because the people who were behind me were at the altar on the floor. So I said, well, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to go downstairs and wait for the beans and rice to be served. And the arroz con pollo, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for the sweet bread to come out. And in that church, there was only one aisle. And it had pews all the way back. 
And as I walked out into the aisle, there was a door that led me downstairs. You could either walk out or go all the way down to the fellowship hall. So I'm going down to the fellowship hall. I walked out, and as I walked, all I saw was the door leaving. And I came to this altar and fell on my knees. And I felt arms wrap themselves around me. And I looked to see whose hands they were, but I could see no hands. But I felt them like never before. Because I had an encounter with God that changed my life. And he promised me that if I gave him my life, he would use me. I was prophesied over as I was in my mother's womb that I would be a minister of the gospel. And it wasn't until that moment where my destiny was changed, but I had an encounter I didn't have the religious Sunday night, three-day revival experience anymore. I wanted God. I wanted a relationship. Many of us here want things to happen in our life, but we, won't, we don't want to encounter him. Because we don't want to be put out of our comfort zone. There are some... How many here love Jesus? That's awesome. But unfortunately, and I'm going to be raw and real, and you may be mad at me. That's okay. People tell me they hate me all the time. And I, t I told pastors when they tell take a number and stand in line. There's people ahead of you. Kind of like being at the deli. When you're trying to get deli meat, just take a number and stand in line. There are a lot of believers who love God. And I believe that. But not everyone's in love with him. Because when you're in love with him, you'll do whatever he asks you to do. When we fall recklessly in love with him, we'll do anything he wants us to do. See, when I met my wife in 1999, I was telling pastor, I met her in an AOL chat room in 1999. Yeah, before eHarmony and all that stuff, it was just good old AOL. Yeah, christianmingle.com. Okay. Just ask God. He'll send you the right one. <laughs> All the men in here, God's not going to send you a wife till you're ready to be the head of the house anyway. And for all the women, God's not going to send you a man till you're ready to have the head of the house in your house. I know I'm stepping on some toes. I don't care. I leave Monday. <laughs> I'm on the first thing out of here Monday morning. <laughs> but when I met my wife, I liked her, getting to know her. So there were things I would do for her, but I wouldn't do everything. Then I began to love her. So I would do more, but I wouldn't do everything. But when I fell in love with her, now there's nothing I won't do for her. That's how we need to be with God. We all love God. But when God asks us to do certain things that will stretch us, we say, no, God, I can't do that. I'll pray about it. That's the famous Christian line. Well, I'll pray about it. If God spoke, what is there to pray about? You want, you want him to say it again? Oh, Lord, you have to confirm it. I just spoke it to you. What are you waiting? See, when you fall in love with him, it's because you have an encounter with him. And then when he asks you to give that $1,000, you'll do it because you just love God. 
and say, God, it's yours anyway, so here. All right, God, I'll, I'll, I'll pray for the person at Target because I'm so recklessly in love with you, I'm just willing to do it. Everyone in Scripture who encountered God had their destiny shifted. Moses encountered God, where? Up on a mountain. He cried out to God, said what? Show me your glory. Many of us here want to see the glory of God, don't we? And we chase the glory. We come to an encounter weekend when our, our favorite TV preachers in town, we're going to go, stand in line and get there early. If Jesus culture is here, we're going to go hear Jesus culture. And there's nothing wrong with that. But are you willing to pay the price for you to carry the glory? For you to carry his presence. You won't pay that price unless you encounter him. Even when Moses asked him, show me your glory, God took him away privately. Took up on a mountain. Okay, I'll show you my glory, but not publicly. And the Bible says what? That he told Moses, take off your sandals because you're on holy ground. This is what the Lord revealed to me just two weeks ago as I was praying on this message. You know why God asked him to take off his sandals? Because nothing man-made could be in the presence of God. Only what God created could be there. God created Moses so only Moses could stand in the presence of God. Those sandals were made by man and God could not allow it in his presence. When we get into the presence of God, God will strip you of everything that's not of him. The book of Matthew chapter 6 says what? Go into the secret place. We don't want to go in the secret place because God will expose us there. God will point out our sin in the secret place. And if we don't encounter him in the secret place, the enemy will throw our sin out publicly. Pastor and I were having this conversation this afternoon. God is not going to put you on blast. The enemy does. Because we've disobeyed God. Because we don't want an encounter. I'm okay just showing up for church and going through the motions. If you showed up at your job just going through the motions, they would eventually fire you. Right? And then we have this weird religious spirit. Well, I can't hang around sinners because they'll rub off on me. And we're supposed to win the lost how exactly? Because I heard that growing up in church. Oh, don't, don't go to the movies. That's the devil's place. Don't watch TV. That's the devil's place. What if the rapture happens while you're watching TV? Then what? Well, then I'm going to stand before God and he's just going to judge me either way. Not because I'm at the show. What I've done leading up to me going to the show, he'll, he'll judge me for. Because I don't understand that old mentality that you can't be around sin. How many here have a full-time job you go to? Are there sinners there? No one's quitting their job. Saying, Pastor, put me on staff at the church because there's no sinners there. Some of you brought a sinner here with you. Like Pastor said, the devil shows up in church. Some of you brought him. 
don't shut me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> when God comes into our life, when we allow him complete access to us, he will change us. Now, don't think just because you encounter him, the devil will leave you alone. Because that's what we think. God, I got saved. My life will be perfect from now on. I will always have money. I'll never be without a job. I will never argue with my spouse. My kids will act correctly. If that's what you think, you might as well become Muslim or something else. But when we encounter him, we understand that everything we need is in him. Everything that I've ever wanted, I find in Jesus. It's not some religious experience. It's an encounter with God. We have to stop playing church and start having church. It's time to stop all the games. Oh, I'll come to church and lift my hand so pastor sees me crying at the altar. Pastor still knows you're smoking after church. We can still smell it on you. Remember, everyone sees what you do on Facebook, whether someone hits that like button or not. And for all you who post pictures of your food, please stop. You made dinner, not history. <laughs> it's just tacos. That's, that's it. We don't. I had tacos at the hotel. I didn't post it on Facebook. It was just me, tacos, and God. Beans and rice and Jesus Christ. That's all I needed, man. Listen, I had those tacos. I had an encounter. Listen, there is, me and Pastor drove around today, and I saw a lot of broken people on the street, lying on the sidewalk, women walking around trying to grab a man's attention. And I thought, if they would just encounter God, if they would just completely surrender to him and say, Lord, here I am. I give you my life as a living sacrifice. We want to come to the altar and have a breakthrough and say, God, I leave all my stuff here. And the women have the mascara running down their face. The men's shirts gets all unbuttoned and crooked and undone. And then we dismiss and we pick up what we left and we carry it back out into the parking lot and take it home. Because we can't let go of the cigarettes and the alcohol. We can't live, let go of the pornography that we're watching on our tablets and computers. We can't let go of the gossip. Listen, I've heard more gossip in church than I did in the world. Church folks can be jacked up, man. People will talk about you more in the church than they will out there.
People are louder after church than they are during church. Listen, I know some of you will be louder yelling at your kids after church than you were during praise and worship. And because we miss God. Listen, if you came to see what I was going to be like, you came here for nothing. You took somebody else's seat. You could have just went on my Facebook page and looked at our YouTube page to see how I preach. But I pray you came here because you were expecting something. <laughs> Moses had an encounter that changed him forever. Everywhere Jesus went and all the people Jesus encountered were changed forever. The woman with the issue of blood was changed forever. After doctors had given up hope and said, there's nothing more we can do for you, she knew that the healer was passing her by. Lazarus was dead for four days. Was Jesus worried? Not one moment. You're stressing out about your problem, and God's not even worried. He's stressing out that you're not trusting him. That you haven't said, God, I'm going after you. I want to encounter you. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for you to say, Lord, I know I'm going through the storm, but you're going to calm the winds. See, because we praise him on the mountaintop, but we worship him in the valley. See, I love when God takes me through the fire because there's a testimony on the other side. See, the fire takes out all the imperfections in our life. Some of us need to go through the fire. Some of us need our finances to go through the fire. Some of us need that doctor's report that we've gotten to go through the fire so that the healer can walk into the room. Because let me tell you something, when Jesus walks into the room, the entire atmosphere changes. Everything shifts when he walks into the room. Listen, when I came out of pastor's office into worship, I knew Jesus was here. Because I could sense the very person of him here. And I had been telling God in my prayer time, God, I know I'm preaching, I know I'm ministering, but God, I'm looking to encounter you this weekend. Don't forget me, God. But are you willing to go after him? I know the devil's busy in your life. He has a job to do. I get it. But then we forget the promises of God. We forget everything that God has done for us. People ask me all the time, Evangelist Renee, I don't know what God wants for me. And I simply tell them this, then you don't know his voice. You've never encountered him. Because every time I encounter him, I know what he wants for me. Because he tells me, do this and do that. And I'll set you up for this. I'll open that door. Listen. Just on Thursday, I got an invitation to our ministry email.
to go preach at the largest church in the city of Chicago that hosts 10,000 people. Not because of anything I did. I didn't call that man of God. I know him. I've known him for six or seven years. He's never had me at his church. And now I got the invitation because I've just been going after God and say, God, whatever you want, I'll do. If he invites me to his church, great. If he doesn't, great. I never thought I would be in Las Vegas. I was just here in October with Pastor Sonny. Now I'm back again because God is doing something in Las Vegas. Revival is getting ready to break out. There's a great awakening taking place in Las Vegas, but it won't happen until we encounter God. Your government official is not going to bring Jesus to your city. It's going to be the body of Christ that's going to raise up like an army. It's time for the voice of the church and the voice of God to be heard once again in our nation. America needs to encounter Jesus like never before. Listen, the world watches what we do. What we do politically, socially, and spiritually, the world is watching what America does. America sets the atmosphere for everything in this world. But if we don't go after him and encounter him, what are we doing here? What are we doing? When was the last time you said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And mean it. Because when you say that, he's going to ask you to do something. He won't stay silent. He'll say, you know, there's 50 bucks that you have, and I know you need it, but give it to that person on the street. Are you ready to encounter him that much that everything he says, you'll automatically do? Those of us that have kids, when we expect and tell our kids to do something, we want them to do it immediately. That's how God is with us. We're his children. When he speaks, he just wants us to say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. Because we get upset when our kids complain. I don't want to clean right, my room right now. I'll do it later. That's what we tell God. God, I can't give away this 50 bucks. How will I ever survive not going to Starbucks? For my one coffee that cost me $12. How will I ever afford to live if I can't go to Starbucks? I won't earn my points to become a gold member. How about you become a member of the kingdom of God first? How about you earn the kingdom of God? But if we don't encounter him, we're going to stay in the same place. So many Christians are stuck and sinking because we won't encounter him. We're satisfied we're just showing up for church. Maybe telling one person who's unsafe, oh, I went to church. You should come visit my church. You do it once a month and thinking that you're inviting someone to church. When you encounter God, you'll let the world know that you encountered him. You'll tell everybody you know that you've encountered God. Because when he changes you on the inside, it reflects the outside. Moses' whole appearance changed 
when he encountered God. Everything about Moses changed. Are you willing to encounter God so much that he'll change you in a moment? You've been going through stuff for so long, and God is just waiting for you to encounter him. Your stuff would be over if you would just encounter him. But we keep putting God off. We put him on the back burner. Because we'd rather watch our DVR and clear out our DVR to watch our favorite shows than go after God. We would rather watch our playoff game than go after God. God, I'll pray later the hockey game. I'll be praying in front of the TV anyway, God. It's the same. No, it's not. When was the last time you were on your face just crying out to God? When was that last time that you just got on your face and cried out to God and said, God, here I am, broken. He's waiting for you. He's been calling your name, and you've been ignoring him. I don't know God's voice because you've never encountered him. If I were to take my kids to an amusement park and someone shouted, Daddy, I would know their voice because I have relationship with my kids. If someone else yells, Daddy, and I don't know, I'm not turning around. I don't know that voice. But see, when you encounter God, you know his voice. You'll do whatever he wants you to do. How many know here God has a plan for your life? Now, when you encounter him, he'll begin to fulfill that plan. But if you just say, well, I came because pastor has been promoting this short little fat Mexican guest speaker from Chicago. So I'll just show up. And then you leave empty. You leave with nothing. If you come expecting, you're going to walk out of here with something. It's that simple. When I'm hungry and I go to a restaurant, I expect to leave full. If I don't, I'm mad. Let's go somewhere else. That's how we are. And we come after God, and God is here, and we walk out empty, not because God wasn't here, because we didn't receive We didn't encounter him. But are you willing to do whatever it takes to go after him? Are you willing to give it all up to encounter Jesus? That's the question. Are you willing to be stripped of everything just to encounter him? Are you willing to die to self? Are you willing to lay everything down at the cross of Calvary? Are you willing to lay down every situation, every sin, and say, God, I'm ready to encounter you? I've tried doing this on my own, and I'm still carrying it around. I've tried fixing it on my own, but it's still broken. God, heal me. God, come into my life. 
See, we ask him to come in, but we don't want to encounter him. We want him just to be a guest and not be ruler of our life. We don't want him to be Lord over our life. We don't want him to take charge because of what he may ask us to do. But tonight, God is asking one question. Are you ready to encounter me? That's it. There's no other question. It is up to you to take a step of faith. Listen, nowhere in scripture does Jesus say, take a leap off a bridge to show me your faith. It doesn't say jump off a cliff. It just says, take a step of faith. One step. He didn't ask you to run to show your faith. Is it someone in this church who's running like eight miles that I've been seeing on Facebook? And, yeah, okay. He didn't. God doesn't ask us to run like that just to prove our faith. He just said, take a step. When you started running, it was just a little. You didn't start running eight miles. You would have passed out. God knows that we just have to go little by little. Because he takes care of us. He'll guide us little by little. And as we encounter him more, he brings strength and life into us. See, because my prayer is, is always, God, I pray people don't see me, but see the God that lives in me. And they can't see the God who lives in me if I'm not encountering him. If I'm not going after him every single day. But this is your moment. You're not here by accident. You're not. I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in a coincidence in the kingdom of God. He has you here for a purpose. And it's up to you. Either you're going to let God rule over your life or you're going to let the enemy continue to rule. Because if you're not encountering Jesus, that means you're encountering something else. Can we just be real? You're encountering something else if you're not willing to encounter God. Oh, evangelist, you don't know my stuff. Listen, I don't care about your stuff. I know who takes care of the stuff. And his name is Jesus. Oh, I'm sick. Let me tell you something. I know a healer, and his name is Jesus. I'm broke. I know the one who brings prosperity, and his name is Jesus. I'm broken. I know the potter who puts everything back together, and his name is Jesus. There's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. It's the name above every name. And beloved, no matter what other churches or Christians are telling you, there is still power in the name of Jesus. There is still unmistakable, wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. The old song says there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. That same blood that saves the lost heals the sick. Listen, we go to the front of the cross and look at the face of Jesus and we give him our life. But if you walk to the back of the cross where he was whipped, you'll be healed. Oh, y'all missed that one there. That was a good time to shout right there. They whipped him and beat him just so that you could be healed. 
And I believe that any time they whipped him, Jesus said, oh, cancer was just healed. Then they whipped them again. He said, oh, diabetes was just healed. Then they whipped them again and said, heart conditions were healed. They whipped them again. He said, depression was just healed. They whipped them again. He said, bondage over alcohol was just broken. Every time they whipped them, a healing was taking place. And let me tell you something. Jesus is still in the healing business. He hasn't changed. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. If he healed the woman with the issue of blood 2,000 years ago, he's still going to heal today. And if he tarries, he's going to heal tomorrow. And he'll heal the day after that. Because <laughs> his promises are yea and amen. And the Bible says, I am the God that healeth thee. Isaiah declared by his stripes, I am healed. He didn't say you might be or he'll think about it. He said, I am, meaning you are right now completely healed by the power of God. When God called me into the healing ministry, I told him, absolutely not. I was 16 years old and had an encounter with God at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night, early Saturday morning. The power of God hit me, bro, and I was on the floor in my bedroom. And the Lord said, I'm calling to you the healing ministry. I said, no, sir, not that. I told God, it's the most criticized ministry in the church. People think they fake it. You're never really healed. I told God, I would rather be a missionary to a third world country than be in the healing ministry. And for six months, I ran from God. But then I had another encounter with him. He said, you'll be in the healing ministry. I said, no, sir, I won't. I'm very stubborn and hard-headed, even with God. He said, listen up here, fat boy. You'll be in the healing ministry. See, I don't know how God talks to you, but he needs to get my attention sometimes. That's how my wife talks to me too, so I'm not sure. Hey, fat boy, take out the garbage. But when I said yes to God, I said, okay, God, here I am. I surrender. I don't want to fight with you. How many know God loves a good wrestling match? You know why he loves a good wrestling match? Because he always wins. He's undefeated. Even that third day came and the devil realized he's still undefeated. I killed him. No, I did it because he's still alive and well. The devil knows you already should have been dead. A long time ago. But you're still here because God is waiting for you. The devil knows some of you should be locked up for the rest of your life. But you encountered God. He said, I got a different path for you now. It's all about encountering God, man. Not some religious thing. I'm tired of religion. Listen, religion's going to send more people to hell than get them into heaven. Religion has too many steps. I don't need steps. I just need an encounter and a relationship with a living God. I don't need you to tell me I need to do ten things before I can get into heaven. I just need one, an encounter with a living God. And say, Lord, here I am. I surrender. I give you my life. Many of you have a call of God on your life, but when you encounter him, he'll begin the process of getting you there. 
Listen, I wanted to preach this gospel for a long time. It wasn't until the last eight years that he put me in full-time ministry. And if I would have just been preaching because I wanted to, I would not be standing here today. I would have destroyed God's plan on my life. But when I encountered him, I waited on God. See, the Bible says in Psalm 46, what? Be still and know that I am God. I love to shout in church. I do. But sometimes he just wants us to be quiet. And the way he calls me, hey, fat boy, shh, settle down. I know I gave you a mouth, but shut it for a second. See, because, Pastor, my prayer life has changed over the last few years. I used to go into my prayer closet and give God my wish list, his, the to-do list. You know, because we treat God like Santa Claus. We want to sit on his lap and give him our wish list. He's not Santa Claus. Now when I go into my secret place, I wait for him to walk in the room. And when I sense him in there, I begin to worship him. See, when you come into the house of God, you should come with one thing on your mind. I'm going to worship you. I know I'm going through stuff, but I'm going to worship you. The old song says, though he walks with me and he talks with me, but he lets me know I am his own. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So I don't give him my to-do list in my prayer time. I worship him first. Because let me tell you a little secret. When you come to church, it's not about you. It's about him. It's not about you. It's not hoping the worship team plays your favorite song so you can cry in his presence. It's not about that. Sorry, newsflash. Put this on Facebook. Church is not about you. It's about him. And when you make it about him, he's so loving that he'll bless you. Listen, if you invite me to your house for a barbecue... My wife, you're married, right, will go to your wife and say, what can I bring? Because we honor the house we go to, right? If you get invited somewhere, you want to honor the house you go to. Some of us have those family members who just come to show up and eat. <laughs> who don't bring nothing but an appetite. Can't even bring the pop. When we come into God, we worship him first. We honor him. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Doesn't say come in with your petition or your needs. Doesn't say that. He wants to hear them. But he says when you enter his gates, and that represents his presence, it says come with praise and thanksgiving. Not your need. He already knows it anyway, so you're not going to shock God when you tell him. He's not all of a sudden going to go, wait, did you hear what Pastor Art just said? Stop all of heaven. This is breaking news. Put it on Facebook. Go live. God is not shocked by your need. He already knows it. He just wants you to realize that he's the answer. That if you encounter him, he'll turn your mess into a miracle. Y'all don't hear me tonight, man. He wants to turn your mess into a miracle. But will you give him your mess? Are you willing to give him all the dirty laundry 
See, my pastor says it like this. Jesus doesn't love what is washed. He washes what he loves. All of us here have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. That's the one thing the angels can't say, that they've been washed in his blood. Only we are allowed to say that. I've been washed in the blood. How can God take this light-skinned Mexican, take my black and broken heart at 13, and dip it in some red blood, and then make it white as snow? Only the God of heaven could do that. Only the God of heaven could do that. So are you ready to encounter him? Stand to your feet all over this house. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And we're going to go after God. Whatever you want to play, guys, just be led of the Lord. And if I ask you to change, be ready to change. How many know that God is going to do something amazing right now? Right now. Come on, right where you're at, just lift your hands. Just lift your hands. And begin to give him your stuff. 